Whenever you're reading a particular passage from the Bible, it's always really important to read that thing in the context of the greater whole. So certainly you want to read the thing in light of the entire Bible, hopefully that goes without saying. But also on top of that, you want to read it in light of various other readings that you find within the same gospel text. To illustrate the point, think about that really iconic story of the rich young man, which of course you find in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18. So certainly the story of the rich young man is really beautiful and iconic in its own right. But in a certain sense, it really comes alive if you read it in light of another story, which falls immediately after that particular passage. The story of Zacchaeus, which you find in the Gospel of Luke chapter 19. You know, that story of that really short tax collector who encounters the Lord Jesus Christ as he's passing through the city of Jericho. And, you know, besides the issue of proximity, you know, the fact that the story of Zacchaeus falls almost immediately after the story of the rich young man, there are various points of similarity between these two narratives, which really suggest that we're called to read these two stories very much in light of one another. And so, for example, both the rich young man and the person of Zacchaeus are very rich and very powerful. And in fact, in the Gospel of Luke, the rich young man is described actually as the rich young ruler. And Zacchaeus, of course, is not just a tax collector, he is the chief tax collector. So again, both of them are really rich, and both of them are really powerful. And of course, on top of that, both the rich young man and the person of Zacchaeus are completely captivated by the Lord. We hear, for example, that the rich young man runs to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. And for his part, the person of Zacchaeus is so committed to catch even a glimpse of the Lord that he climbs up a sycamore tree. Now, of course, that's where the similarities end. And the key difference in a certain sense between the two men basically lies in how they respond to the person of Christ. And so when the Lord invites the rich young man to follow him in a stance of authentic discipleship, the rich young man goes away grieving, of course, because he has many possessions. For his part, though, the person of Zacchaeus happily receives the Lord's invitation, which begs the question, why? Why the difference between these two men? Well, let's start first of all with the rich young man. So as we've established before, the rich young man obviously is rich. And so you might expect he drives a certain kind of security from the fact that he has an abundance of material wealth. On top of that, we learn later on in the story that he has followed all the commandments since his youth. And so the whole idea here is that he has at least some sense of what it means to practice his faith, both from a liturgical and a cultural standpoint. But the key detail when it comes to the rich young man is revealed in how he phrases the question that he poses ultimately to the Lord. And that question, of course, is, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? And so you put it all together, here's this guy who thinks that he's close. And so again, I'm feeling pretty confident and secure because of my wealth. I've followed all the commandments since my youth. I've been a good guy for as long as I can remember. And so basically what he's asking the Lord is, what's the one more thing I have to do to put myself over the top, to become a saint, to guarantee my place in the kingdom of heaven? Now, of course, how does the Lord respond? First of all, he looks at the rich young man with love, so that's no small thing. But then what he says to him is this, if you wish to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, then come follow me. In other words, the Lord is saying to him, it's great that you're following the commandments. It really is. It's great that you're not lying and cheating and stealing. It's great that you're not bearing false witness. It's great that you're not killing people. And on top of that, it's great that you're honoring your mother and father. So again, I appreciate all of that. That said, if I'm being honest with you, the thing that you're missing, the thing that you're missing is no small thing because what you're missing is an authentic sense of discipleship. And in the absence of authentic discipleship, basically what you're asking for is religion without relationship, Christianity without the person of Christ. And I hate to be the one to break it to you, but buddy, that ain't Christianity. 
Now, of course, the rich young man is shocked by the Lord's response, which begs the question, why? Well, the gospel says that he's shocked because he has many possessions, right? And so certainly that's, that's true. We have to take the gospel at face value. But if you read between the lines, I think another big reason why he's shocked is because his ego is basically crushed. Because again, you got to go back to the original idea that he thought he was close. He thought he just needed one more thing in the context of the spiritual life to put him over the top, to help him become a saint, and again, guarantee his place in the kingdom of heaven. But now when the Lord says that he's really far off and that he's missing a huge building block in the spiritual life, again, his ego is crushed. And the great tragedy of the situation is that rather than humble himself and accept the fact that maybe he wasn't as saintly as he thought he was, he goes away grieving again because he has many possessions. Okay, now hold that thought and think about the person of Zacchaeus, because quite unlike the rich young man, the person of Zacchaeus has no illusions whatsoever that he's actually a saint, and for a couple of reasons. And so first of all, obviously, he was a tax collector, so he was someone who was seen as being a traitor to his own people, having been appointed by the Roman Empire to extort exorbitant taxes from the people of God, so there's that. But on top of that, he was short, right? Not that height has anything to do with sainthood, but the idea is that he was used to being ridiculed. He had no attachment to being part of a respectable company because he was used to being ridiculed as both being a short guy and a tax collector. And yet, despite his job, despite his stature, he is completely undeterred. He's completely undeterred in terms of his quest to encounter the Lord in a meaningful sort of way. So much so that he climbs up this tree again, the sycamore tree, just to get a glimpse of the person that they call the Christ. Even though it obviously would have been really difficult and awkward for him to be in that particular situation. Partially because he was a government official, but also because being in a tree would have emphasized the fact that he was simply vertically challenged. But you see, all of this is basically to say that the person of Zacchaeus at the end of the day ultimately is a man of tremendous humility. A man who has, again, no illusions that he's a saint, and on top of that has no qualms about doing whatever it takes to encounter the one living and true God. And so when the Lord finally says to him, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your home today, well, Zacchaeus is just completely blown away. And in particular, he's blown away by the stark contrast between the sheer holiness of this man and the lowliness of his own state. So much so that, funny enough, he's able to do finally what the rich young man was unable to do. He's able to give away his possessions. And so as you might recall, in the context of the gospel, what he says is, I will give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Okay, so obviously there's kind of a lot going on here. So what do we kind of make of all this at the end of the day? Well, perhaps I must suggest that these two guys, the rich young man and the person of Zacchaeus, they represent two opposite ends of the spiritual spectrum, two possible outcomes when it comes to our relationship with Christ. So take, for example, the rich young man. Here's a guy who is beloved by the Lord, right? Again, the Lord looks at him with love. He has followed all the commandments since his youth. He has some notion of what it means to practice religion, and he has deep desire, right? He runs to follow the Lord. And yet, what's the tragedy of the story of the rich young man? He has this unrelenting sense of pride and attachment to material things, which ultimately leads him inexplicably to reject the invitation of the Lord's friendship, such that in the context of the gospel, he is forever known as a man who used to be young and who used to be rich. Whereas in contrast, we have the person of Zacchaeus, again, this man of a tremendous humility, who is able to receive the gift of Christ's friendship, who never allows himself to take for granted the offer of the Lord's friendship, such that when he receives this gift, he is transformed. So much so that the Lord declares in the presence of all the people who continue to hate the person of Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. 
For Zacchaeus too was a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek out and to save the lost. And may God bless you all.